otherwise on SAFM. Now, welcome my guest, fertility specialist, Dr. Sasha Edelstein. Hello, Dr. Edelstein. Hi, good afternoon, Shadow. How are you doing there? I'm good, thank you. And thank you for taking time out to talk to us because I'm sure you run a busy practice. It's a great pleasure. It's a great pleasure to talk to you and to your listeners. Now, who would need your services? When do you intervene? At what stage of somebody's not being able to uh, 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 conceive? So I guess, um, you know, the, the definition for infertility would be uh, when a couple um, who are engaging in, in unpredicted uh, intercourse are failing to conceive after a year of trying. Um, but that would also depend on the age of the woman, which is the strongest factor determining uh, a couple's chance of conceiving. And if there are other uh, known medical, gynecological um, contributing factors. So uh, if a woman is older, older than the age of 35, then we would actually look at intervening earlier uh, if she's known with a gynecological condition that could contribute or reduce her chance of fertility we would also look at intervening earlier what, what are the telltale signs if any that a woman may have a problem conceiving um, so the, the one would be to look at her, her menstrual cycle a woman having a regular menstrual cycle and, and that can vary from individual to individual what the length is but as long as it is of a regular pattern uh, um, suggests that she is ovulating uh, in fact ovulation uh, and your ovary um, is controlling your menstrual cycle mm-hmm. um, so if a woman gets a regular um, menstrual cycle then she's likely to be ovulating um, but if she skips uh, or uh, she maybe gets a period only every second month or every third month or even skipping for longer than that, then we're worried that she's not ovulating. Um, so that would be the first thing to think about. Uh, then uh, pain, uh, menstrual pain or pain with intercourse um, can be suggestive of conditions that can cause gynecological problems, whether that's a condition called endometriosis, whether there's a, a pelvic infection, whether they're fibroids. So uh, a significant pain that's, that's, that's leading to uh, um, days away from work or days away from your regular activity would, mm. would make one want to investigate why that is the case. Mm. And then if, if there is a problem ovulating, uh, depending on the menstrual cycle, are you able to induce that, that ovulation? Sure, so it would, uh, it would absolutely depend on, on what the reason for, the, for her not ovulating. Um, and one would first want to try and make a diagnosis to understand that. Um, but ovulation reduction is one of the, is one of the le- less invasive and easier um, aspects to address. Uh, typically, we would give a woman medication from the third day of the cycle to promote uh, egg follicle development uh, and then track that and mon- monitor that. So ovulation induction, we can use oral agents. Uh, you would have possibly heard of something called clomiphene or clomid mm-hmm. and um, something called famara or, uh, or tranexamic acid. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, again, it's us women who are at fault. You know, what, what happens to the men at this stage while, while you're trying to find reason for, for, for infertility with the woman? Are there any tests done with men? Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I don't think that, w- that the correct term would be fault. I mean, definitely women will carry the difficulty and, and women will, will frequently be leading to the consultation. We want the couple to be uh, part of, part of the, the treatment plan and part of the assessment. And we would always want both partners at least to be with the initial consultation to discuss the treatments. And we would also want um, to assess the men. Frequently, it's difficult to get the men to come to the consultation room. And unfortunately, the analysis that we need is a, is a, is a, is a sperm sample or a semen sample, and mm. that's not always easy to, to obtain. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we encourage that. We, we would like to include the assessment of the men because in at least 30% of cases there's a male factor that's contributing. Mm-hmm. So, so um, how safe is the process that you do? Uh, because, you know, I, I'm not sure, are you able to guarantee uh, fertility and, and uh, the woman carries the long term? At what stage of your treatment are you guaranteed that it's going to succeed? Unfortunately, there aren't guarantees. Mm. So safety, safety uh, we, will, we will look at safety. Safety is, as you're alluding to, um, aiming for a single live-term pregnancy is what we're aiming for. Um, uh, ovulation induction is with low-dose medication. That's not a, not a problem. The more invasive procedures that you would have heard about in vitro fertilization or IVF, mm. we're using higher doses of the medication. And there's the key thing that you're worried about is if the woman over-responds that she can actually have uh, complications to that. That's called ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, where her ovaries are so distended, uh, they're they, um, leaking uh, fluid. She can, she can have fluid in her pelvis, societies, fluid in her lungs, and, and it can carry multi-system, multi-organ failure. But that is a rare complication, and responsible fertility specialists will be monitoring for that and we'll check for that before it happens. Mm. In order to improve your pregnancy rate, if you're doing a fertility treatment, um, ultimately we would put back into the woman's uterus an embryo, uh, but if you put back more embryos, you increase the pregnancy rate, but also increase the multiple pregnancy rate. And and, and that's where a lot of effort and um, uh, control uh, to, to educate both fertility specialists and their patients rather be safe, put back one or two embryos uh, and if the pregnancy, if the cycle doesn't take to come back again, then to put her at risk of multiple pregnancies. Are these are these uh, facts discussed at the at the counselling when you when your clients come? What what sort of options do you put um, to them to, in, I, I, before I they make decisions? Hundred percent. So I will have patients that will come to me in and for whatever reason they've been struggling to conceive for a long time and they're not coming to see the fertility specialist and they ask them, doctor, can I have twins? Uh, and we certainly see twins as a high-risk pregnancy with increased complications, and we would not plan for or elect to have a twin pregnancy. We would see that as a complication of, of treatment. Mm-hmm. If I put back two embryos, my twin pregnancy rate is in the order of about 4%, which is 4 to 5%, which is, um, uh, in, 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 from my perspective, reasonable. Um, but if I put back more than two, say three embryos, there's an exponential increase in the twin pregnancy rate to in the order of 20%, um, and which is which is too high for us to carry. So we would tell the patients from the outset that we will do what is safe and we will not put back um, a high number of, of embryos. Can you can you just explain for us who don't understand what IVF really what the process is with IVF? Absolutely. Um, so um, you, we alluded to ovulation induction. Mm-hmm. The, the three types of problems are if, uh, if the woman is not ovulating, if there's a problem with her fallopian tubes, or if there's a problem with the, the, the male factor with the sperm. Um, an IVF in vitro fertilization is a treatment that is going to bypass the fallopian tubes. Okay. In, in a normal um, cycle, a woman will ovulate, release the egg, and it will then get taken up by fallopian tubes. And if she had intercourse with her partner, fertilization would occur in the fallopian tubes. Mm-hmm. If for some reason uh, the tubes are blocked, the egg cannot get to the sperm or the sperm cannot get to the egg. Mm-hmm. So in that type of treatment, we would give the woman medication to promote egg follicle development. We would monitor that this was hormone levels and ultrasound scans. 
when the egg follicle, when the eggs are deemed to be mature, they will be retrieved under anesthetic with the needle placed into the ovary and the eggs retrieved. Mm-hmm. And then fertilization would actually occur in the laboratory under controlled situation. And the fertilized egg, so the egg will be combined with the sperm in the laboratory, will then be allowed to grow on in an incubator, uh, which has ideal temperature and pH balance. Mm. <clears throat> and then the, the embryo will then be put back or transferred back into the recipient's womb, into a uterus. Mm. 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 <laughs> it all sounds so painful. <laughs> <laughs> it all sounds so terribly painful. But, but then um, I, I, I saw on, on your website, in fact, that there's also a fertility acupuncture that you do. Uh, okay, so we work with an acupuncturist. Uh, I don't do acupuncture myself. I'm a um, allopathic uh, uh, trained doctor from University of Cape Town. I work with an acupuncturist, and and she, uh, we work together um, in in our practice. Uh, what she will be doing is uh, doing acupuncture to improve, uh, as I understand it, the the blood supply and blood flow to the endometrium, the lining of the uterus act around the time of the fertility treatment mm. and so that sometimes is a treatment process that can go for several weeks before starting um, uh, fertility reproduction and then frequently she, she would have uh, increased intervention at the time of the fertility treatment. Um, now, now Dr. Sasha, I, I, you know, I've, I've read also about uh, women who, who'd had IVF and have come up with uh, multiple babies. Yes. And you've just said that you wouldn't do it yourself because, you know, you don't encourage that. Yes. But, but would it happen anyway, even though you didn't encourage it because of the dosage, maybe? So the, so the, the, the two times when, when we're people at risk of, of a multiple pregnancy, so the ovulation induction, which is if the woman is not ovulating, if I give her a medication and I don't monitor it, which some doctors do, they will just write out a script uh, and send you away, send the woman away, excuse me, without monitoring her. Mm-hmm. We don't know how she can respond. She might produce one egg follicle, she might produce three egg follicles, but she might produce five, and th- that's the one risk. If we don't check to see how she responds to the treatment and she produces multiple egg follicles, she can potentially have a high order a multiple pregnancy, which is more than twins, triplets or even higher. Mm. Mm. So that's the one patient that's at risk. So we would always monitor a patient. <clears throat> I advise my patients that obviously if they're pregnant, they're happy and, they're, and they don't, they're, we're not concerned anymore. But if they run any treatment cycle, the, the one outcome can be that they have an, an inadequate or too low response, in which case we need to increase the, the dose of medication. But the other one could be that they have an over-response, in which case they are at risk of complications, and that's why I would monitor them. Mm-hmm. But so that would be for an ovulation induction. With an IVF, we're controlling it. We've extracted the eggs from the woman, we fertilized the egg in the laboratory, and then we're choosing how many embryos to put back. Um, and the policy in our unit would be to only put back two, with that, there is a twin pregnancy rate in the order of 5%, um, <clears throat> but we wouldn't put back more. Hmm. Uh, of course, the, 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 the first is the one you, you prefer. If I'm over 35, yes. um, what do you recommend and I want to have babies? So you should try and conceive for six months before coming to, to see a fertility specialist unless you have a gynecological issue. Um, so the first thing that you'd want to be doing for anybody would be to monitor your, your menstrual cycle. And if, you, if you put in your diary and there are many apps that you can use or smartphone uh, tools that you can use to monitor this, but if you monitor from day one of one period to day one of the next period, that's your cycle length. 
uh, and you ovulate 14 days before you get your period. So in the hypothetical 28-day cycle, you're ovulating on day 14, and you fertile from two days before ovulation to two days after. So anybody, whether they are less than 36 or over 36, should try for a period of time at home before coming to a fertility specialist. If you're young, younger than, than, than 36, you should try for a year. If you're older than 36, you should try for six months before coming um, to be assessed. A lot of women work these days and want to look after their professions first yes. before they start families. And I've known women who were about 40 odd uh, yes. still wanting to, to have babies. Is that dangerous firstly? Or what would you offer them as an alternative apart from telling them to go and adopt a baby? Uh, it's definitely a, a segment of society that we see more and more of. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so there's a, a woman are, uh, for rightly wanting to pursue their careers mm -hmm. or, or, or they're needing to. Um, so ideally, if that woman were able to freeze her eggs, which we can now safely do, she would do that when she's, when she's much younger. So even less than 35, um, she's still got optimal fertility, we can, we can freeze the eggs. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> So it's just the, the concept of the, the egg is different to the embryo. The embryo is the fertilized egg. The egg is just her, her gametes, which we can, which we can freeze mm -hmm. through the similar process of IVF. Um, if, she's, if she's older, uh, she would need to think about whether she wants to freeze her eggs or her embryos um, while she's delaying fertility. As she goes beyond the age of 39, her chances of, of conceiving are dropping dramatically. Mm -hmm. so I see women that come to me at the age of 42 or 43, and at that stage, the chances of conceiving are going to be less than 10%, uh, with the, even with the, the most um, invasive or highest doses of medication. Mm. Is this when you suggest surrogacy? So not surrogacy, it would be egg donation. Surrogacy is when another woman carries a pregnancy for you. Yes. So in, in that instance, you would be using your eggs and your partner's sperm, and she would be carrying the pregnancy for you. That would be for a woman who has a, a endometrial or uterine problem. Mm -hmm. um, she might have uh, had something where they've been scarring to the uterus following a previous infection, following pelvic TB, which we see, um, or she might have a, a multiple fibroid uterus and there's no normal tissue, or she might have had to have hysterectomy. <clears throat> but that, that'll be, or she might have recurrent uh, miscarriages. Those would be the people that would need a surrogate. Mm -hmm. what, we, what we are seeing more of is um, egg donation. So that is when we use a younger woman's eggs um, with uh, the, the recipient's partner's sperm, uh, fertilize the eggs, and then put the embryo back into the, into the woman. And those pregnancies, the, the pregnancy rate is going to be proportional to the age of the donor, mm -hmm. the egg donor. Mm -hmm. so, so we can have much older women conceiving if they've got younger egg donors. How costly is the processes <coughs> that, you, that, you, that you describe? So it is, it is costly, unfortunately. Uh, it, uh, um, uh, and the, the, the burden uh, is difficult. It's high for, for many patients because it's not covered by medical aid in mm -hmm. South Africa. Um, there are different components to the treatment. So the, the, if you're doing a standard IVF cycle, you're using medication which can be in the order of about 12,000 rand. There's a lab cost and a professional cost. A so a treatment cycle can come to in the order of about 35,000 rand. And mm. unfortunately, even with that treatment, which is not covered by your medical aid, depending on your age, you might have a 25 to 35% pregnancy rate, but there still wouldn't be a guarantee. Wow. Now, now, are there things a woman can do in her younger years 
to to prevent any of the conditions uh, that you've been describing scarring of the uterus etc um how do we look after our 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 oven if you like <laughs> to make sure that by the time we get to want to use it it's an it's an order it's, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very difficult one and a very painful uh, one. Um, the, 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 the highest risk factor, unfortunately, is the men, our male partners that we're keeping with so, so sexually transmitted infections, mm-hmm. which is an issue that we're worried about. And, and unfortunately, it's frequently asymptomatic at the time. So uh, the men might have a small discharge on, on the penis, or, uh, um, and the woman wouldn't even know that she'd had, had an, uh, an infection. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing to think about would be if you have pelvic pain and an abnormal discharge, to have it treated sooner rather than later. If we treat it early, it can prevent damage to the fallopian tubes. So that would, you know, that's the, the one. Obviously, in the context of HIV, one wants to think about barrier methods anyway, and that would also reduce the risk of sexually transmitted infections. Unplanned pregnancies can be a problem. Unplanned pregnancies, so contraception is important. Yes. Uh, in, young, in young women, if you have an unplanned pregnancy and then you land up having uh, repeat terminations, you can land up damaging the uterus you know, through that kind of a process. Um, but most of the things we not there's not material that we can material differences that we're gonna make. You can be keep fit, you can you can be lean, you can have a healthy diet, and unfortunately we still age. So if you if you go beyond the age of forty one, um, even if you've been fit throughout your life um, you are likely to have difficulties. Does the type of contraceptive we use, um, and there's quite a variety of them out there, would they also not affect uh, the, the, the state of our reproductive system in any way? No. So, I um, mean, I get that question frequently. Uh, uh, women are very anxious about contraception, and, and rightly so, because uh, they're taking on board medica- uh, you know, medications that they don't necessarily need. But, but the, the contraception is a rapid return to fertility afterwards. And if anything, uh, being on contraception um, um, has, a, has a, a beneficial effect or impact in terms of fertility. There's a um, um, reduced, uh, so, so, so what, what the contraception can do is, is mask an underlying condition. Something like endometriosis, which causes pain with menstruation, you may not be aware of if you've gone the contraception. Mm. Or something like polycystic ovarian syndrome, which causes um, um, not to ovulate, you also wouldn't be aware of it because the pill would um, create a menstrual cycle each month. Um, uh, but, but when you come up with contraception, you think that you're having difficulty in conceiving and you attribute it to the, to the contraception, but meanwhile, an underlying condition. So the idea is to really have a good relationship with your gynecologist? I think I think that is a, that is a good idea. So uh, women frequently do because they they will go for a pap smear and they'll go for contraceptive advice. So mm-hmm. If you uh, if you're able to access that, you, then you would be having assessments on on a regular basis. And and I suppose then you don't offer a, an alternative of adoption because then you're out of business, right? No, we absolutely <laughs> recognise adoption as as something as a part, uh, and we don't have adoption in in our clinic, but it would yes. be, a, be a part that works for for certain couples and certain families. Uh, it, I think, so, I mean, my, our ethic is to look at the individual couple and see what, what is the best solution for them, including um, adoption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Dr. Sasha, if people want to get hold of you and, and come to consult and have a conversation with you and get some counseling, what do they need to do? 
Thank you very much. Um, they can look at our website. So our website is um, fertility specialist, F-E-R-T-I-L-I-T-Y specialist mm-hmm. .co.za. Uh, I'm based in Cape Town at, at the Christian Barnard Chambers, and the, the office number is 021-424-0670. I actually enjoy, um, I have a Facebook presence and a, and a website blog, and I enjoy engaging with people's questions. Oh, fantastic, well. fantastic. So you, you actually live your work. <laughs> we live our work, correct. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really, you, you want to say something? I, I mean, I do want to say something. I understand that, that February is the um, reproductive month, uh, and there's going to be lot, uh, there will be activities. I'm also um, associated with an organisation called IFASA, which is a patient lobby group or patient awareness group, and that's also another important resource for patients. So that's separate from myself. Uh, IFASA is the Infertility uh, um, Awareness Association of South Africa. In, in, infertility Awareness Association of South Africa. And their website is ifaafa.co.za. Ifaafa.co.za. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm I'm hoping that you'll be a regular on this show because whenever there are things that we need answered and some clarification, you'll be out there to to answer them for us. It will be a great pleasure. I enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, so much. you, Dr. Sasha Edelstein. I hope I didn't butcher your word, your name. London. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye. The website is www.fertilityspecialist.co.za, telephone number 021-424-0670. I thought it would be important because a lot of, some of the young ladies I know are starting to panic that, you know, they still want that, uh, to reach that goal at work and cannot have babies yet and worry when the time comes, you know, would they still be able to do that? I'll talk to Dr. Sasha Edelstein if you are unsure uh, about your ovulation periods. Um, and I'm sure you'll get lots of lots of advice from there. It is time for news headlines with Stephen Kirker. Good afternoon. SA Airways flights to Mauritius have been cancelled due to a tropical cyclone. ESCOM says load shedding threat has uh, diminished. And South Africa continues to push for peaceful disarmament of the FDLR rebel group in the DRC. Back uh, with more at 2 p.m. For SAFM, I'm Stephen Kirker. Otherwise, on SAFM. My guest is Susan Fanta, who's going to give us an introduction to hypnotherapy. Susan, thank you for joining us and welcome to Otherwise. Hi, thank you for letting me talk on the radio. Now, Susan, tell me, what's the difference between hypnosis and hypnotherapy? Um, <clears throat> well, basically, you use the same techniques, but with hypnotherapy, you work to heal somebody. And in hypnosis, it's the one that most people know, the, the, the um, shows on the um, TV and those um, rapid inductions that they do. So, yeah, that is more for entertaining, where hypnotherapy is more for... Um, therapeutical reasons. Now, when would you use hypnotherapy? For what type of uh, ailments or illnesses? Oh, it's as vast as you can think of. Um, really? Um, changing your your um, belief systems. Yeah, not really changing your belief system, but adapting them to new knowledge. Um, say, for instance, you were a small child and your parents said to you you were stupid, and then you go to school and you didn't, you weren't one of the people that were good at math, and then they tell you you're stupid again. And so that becomes a belief system, mm. and you believe that you're stupid. 
But then if you go into hypnosis, you can change that, that thought pattern that became a belief system. So is it something very similar to past life regression? Well, past life regression is one of the therapies you use in hypnotherapy. Um, there's other modalities that you use as well where you um, take people you, um, through different um, parts. Sometimes you take, um, often you find that you have um, like a, a, a duality in yourself. You would say, I'm not going to eat sugar anymore, but then you find you're eating chocolate. <laughs> So um, then we use a therapy which we call part therapy, which we speak to the part that allows you to eat the sugar, although you don't, you know that you're not allowed to have the sugar. Mm. So there's different modalities within hypnotherapy that you can use to heal people. So uh, you've just given us one, one, one modality, which includes past life regression as well. But what others, because I'm just interested, is it all working in the mind? Or does it, uh, and, uh, or does it work with with the physical body itself as well? Because you know what you've described now is 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 uh, my belief system. But uh, does does it, would it heal my hands, for instance, if there was something wrong with me? Yes, of course, because everything that happens to us starts with the thought, mm -hmm. and the thought becomes part of what we are, and it becomes what we are. So if you are always thinking negatively, you will have um, things like cancers and those type of things that physically harms your body because you, you're in a cycle of always thinking negative. It's like a spiral of belief where you think you, you're not worth anything. So then you have different illnesses that are connected to the worthlessness. So every time you, so what you do with hypnosis is you actually heal the thought patterns that create the physical symptoms. So if you look at, for instance, at grief, mm -hmm. when you're grieving and you're not addressing your grief properly, you will get something that's called irritable bowel syndrome and fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And when you start processing and allowing your grief um, by changing your thought patterns around it, you can release those physical symptoms. Mm. And that um, goes through all of the parts of the body because every part of your body is connected to some part of the way the mind thinks. Hmm. Now, Suzette, how would I know I have an issue in my head or, you know, that's connected to my mind when I'm, I'm actually in that grief process? I'm, I'm grieving, so I don't know I need anything else. I sit with that thought because that's what reality tells me I ought to be doing. I've just lost a loved one or, you know, I'm, I'm divorced or whatever it is that causes my grief. How would I recognize that I need treatment and that I need hypnotherapy? Because I may... You know, I may be oblivious to the fact that there's anything wrong with me. Okay, there's two ways you can estimate when you need help with hypnotherapy. Firstly, you want to change something yourself. So you feel, I've been grieving for the last six years and I not seem to be better. So then you would want to go and see somebody and then you can see a hypnotherapist to help you to heal that part of your grief that you're not acknowledging. Further than that, if you have and that is very relevant towards grief if you look at that is say for instance you have this hard ache on this ache on your breast on your on your chest mm. and you've been to the doctor and they've checked your heart and they see that there's nothing physically wrong with you mm. then you know it comes from your mind it's it's the thought pattern it's, it's the emotions that sits there and then you can go to somebody that does hypnotherapy that can help you release those type of things so um 
most of the times you either want to change something yourself, you come to a realization that um, I'm always angry and I don't want to be angry anymore. So mm. then you go into hypnotherapy and you estimate where the anger comes from and then you work with that. Or you have a physical thing that they have checked medically and they can't find um, an explanation for that. Um, and then you know it's coming from your thought patterns and then you can go and see somebody that does hypnotherapy with that. You, you gave us a few modalities, but do you need... Do you use any particular tools? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what, what they would look like. Um, maybe uh, stones, or do you use uh, chimes, or do you use... <laughs> I'm, I'm dreaming here because I'm... Thinking. It's the one that, that everybody knows, and that's the pendulum. And when you, yes. when you hold the pendulum to somebody, they're like, oh, you're not going to hypnotize me. <laughs> but, um, yes, it depends. Look, the, the hypnotherapy I've been trained in through uh, Mastermind Institute is um, to be client-centered. And that's quite different from the older type of modalities where it was more therapy therapist-centered, where you, as the therapist, we're sort of directing the client mm. but we have changed that to become more um, softer in the sense where I don't tell you how to react to things I get you to a space where you can find your own inner resources and, and realize that you know what I am a being and I am able to do things um, if you look at, at a simple thing where if you get a cut from a knife on your skin mm. <clears throat> and within days your, your body has healed it. Mm -hmm. So if you come to understand that the hurts in your emotional and in your spiritual life can be um, healed through your body and your abilities to, to change your thinking pattern around it. If you believe it, 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 let me explain it to you a different way. After I've lost my son, I have um, became a type 2 diabetic. And my thought patterns were then, um, yes, I should get it. It's just earlier because of the grief. My granny and my um, father had it, so it's, it's mine. I can take it. Mm, you start and owning when it. When I started training in hypnotherapy, they said to me, I have a choice if I want to take that on. So then I changed my belief system to, it's not my mind to take. I don't want this diabetes. So then I started changing my thoughts around diabetes. And not every time say, I have diabetes. I, um, so by just changing my pattern of thinking, I have um, stabilized my um, um, diabetes without changing my medication or anything, just my thought patterns. So it's, you, you know, a lot of the time we own the labels that life and society gives us, mm -hmm. and that makes an effect on us. So if you can then understand that and then go to a hypnotherapist who can help you to change those thought patterns then you can come to being healthy and um, healed do you, uh, how many sessions does one need to to eventually get that thought pattern uh, to change? Because, uh, and, and would they be daily sessions? Would they be uh, uh, weekly or monthly sessions? And do you even ever stop to see your hypnotherapist because you almost uh, depend on them? You know what, it is, it is um, a lot of the times it's your own choice if you, if you want to see your therapist daily or weekly. Um, but mostly what we do is you you have a three-tiered sessions where you have three sessions. In the first session, you sort of tackle the problem and get all the information you need about the, the problem. 
then you induce um, hypnosis to that um, uh, patient or client and, and see how suggestible they are. And then they go away for a week, they come back for the actual session, and then you work out which therapy will address that problem the best, and then you do that um, session with that person, and then normally you have, um, an, a week later, you have like a follow-up where you do just reinforcing of that um, think patterns and, and, and um, yeah. Um, okay. But some, sometimes if you like to do uh, weight management, it's, it's a whole different um, set of rules that apply. And even if you go into depression, it might take longer than that to change the, um, the, the thought patterns because a lot of the um, beliefs around weight and depression is self-inflicted. Mm. So you have to find all the little ones and not just the big ones. So normally what happens is they will come up with a big one. I'm depressed because I lost my um, nephew or whatever. And then um, when you start working with them, you'll see, oh, but they, they, there's some more layers. To Underlying that. issues. Yeah. yeah. So then that you have to work with more because um, mostly it's beneficial if you only address one um, aspect of the therapy at one time. Otherwise, on SAFM. We're getting an introduction to hypnotherapy with uh, Suzette Fenter. Suzette, yeah. uh, listening to you know the the modalities that you use and 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 and, and the, the the tools as well that you use, are you able to use hypnotherapy to to get someone to stop drinking and smoking and all those other bad habits? <laughs> yes, you can, but they need to be wanting to do that. Um, for instance, the big thing that we normally use hypnosis for is to stop smoking. Mm -hmm. But if a client comes to me and say, I want to stop smoke because my husband says bad for my health, I will send them away because they need to want to change. They need to want to stop drinking. They need to want to stop taking the drugs. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't want to do that, there's no way that I can help them to the through a process to get to the place where they can do that. So the um, mind must be in the right place. Yeah, they they want they must want to know want to do it. Yeah. Now, is it is it possible to abuse this this hypnotherapy to get people to do what they don't want to do? Uh, if you're not a reputable hypnotist, yes, of course there is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people, and and I think most people are afraid. Mm -hmm. of hypnosis because they think it's a mind control thing mm -hmm. and in certain certain uh, yes they do do use it for that but if you want to like with all other modalities if you want to see a hypnotherapist just don't get one off um find out where they've been trained how have they been trained how what is the um ethics and what is the um um, way of of doing it because it's it's the same as um, just going and Google and see oh, there's a tarot reading and do that it's mm -hmm. it's not the same you have to trust and build a rapport with your um, hypnotherapist so you have to do your homework as well and so, see how have they been trained and what are their intentions so I understand that the, there's nothing like a certificate that one can demand to see or yes, quali of course, qualification a system. Um, um, we, uh, the school I've been trained with is the Mind um, Mastermind um, Institute in Tableview, mm -hmm. and they've been accredited with America and with um, Australia. Mm -hmm. And um, in our country, um, the medical board or um, they don't recognise hypnotherapy 
as a modality, mm-hmm. um, which I don't understand because it's a brilliant modality. Um, but yes, do find out if they are credited by uh, a well-known um, institute. Um, one of the best institutions in worldwide is the one of America and of Australia. So, yeah. Now, I see you, you're giving a talk tomorrow yes. at Angel House. Yes. Uh, how do people get to, to, to come and listen and ask you more questions? Okay, the um, Angel House is, is situated in Durbanville, and they can phone and book. Um, the, can I give you the number? Please. 21 975 Okay, and what time does it begin? At 7 till 9 in the evening. And they can come with all their questions and all their doubts and ask me. (laughs) (laughs) I will help you. Hypnosis is not something you have to be um, scared of, but you do have to do your homework around it. Fantastic. We thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. And all the best. And, uh, yeah, I hope hope you answer all the questions and encourage people to to find more information for themselves as well. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Suzette, and good luck. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. 021 if that's your kind of thing and you want to know more about hypnosis and the difference between hypnosis and hypnotherapy and how it can be applied and what modalities. And, you know, she she... She sold it quite well to me, I think. And really, it's up to all of us to find out more.